He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Obviously, Colby Powell is not with us today, but Taylor Williams and Jim Woodward are as always. And guys, we take two days off of not doing a podcast, and we got a whole new batch of news, Taylor. Uh, where should we start today? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good question, Sam. I, I guess let's just start with, uh, you know, kind of what I guess has been the headline over the last 24 hours in particular is that, you know, P.J. Tour and D.P. World Tour essentially had um, a meeting, essentially, to get their, their partnership that they had already had since the, uh, the end of 2020, I believe, and they've been able to essentially grow that and make it into something different. So, just going to go over a few tidbits here that I, that I screenshotted earlier. So the PJ Tour is now going to have an existing stake in the European Tour productions. That's going to go up from 15% to 40%. So that's almost three times as much, essentially, stake that they're going to have in what the DP World Tour does and kind of getting their purses to be bigger. Because they've, they've mentioned that over the next five years, guys, they're going to increase the, uh, the prize funds in the DP World Tour, essentially throughout the whole board. So... I don't know. And then reading some other things here, you know, they mentioned that the top 10 players um, from the DP World Tour at the end of the year will get PJ Tour cards, which has kind of made a lot of people think that the DP World Tour is essentially going to be a funnel program to the PJ Tour, which I thought was funny. And the, the DP commissioner uh, extremely denounced that take. Um, then also something else is kind of flying under the radar. Uh, the Sunshine Tour and the uh, Australasia Tour now have a formal pathway to the DP World Tour. So, I don't know, Woody. It's just I, I see all this, and we're, we're going to probably rip on the PGA Tour a lot later. But I want to highlight that I feel like the DP World Tour is literally getting the best of both worlds when it comes to the PGA Tour Live debate. Well, they they are, and and good for them because you know when you stick your head in, in the sand like an ostrich does for sixty years, like the PGA Tour has, and then all of a sudden somebody pops you on the fanny and says, "Hey, get your head out of the sand." Well, now it's just called uh, overreacting to everything. They're, they're crawdadding in every way, shape, and form, trying to make sure that these guys get on board with them, trying to, trying to do this, trying to do that, try to keep more money, go that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, as I sit and watch this, I've got less and less respect for the PGA Tour. I am glad I don't play on the PGA Tour anymore. I would be embarrassed if I was one of those guys. I really would with what all we're doing. Guys, I think one of the main things that came out of it to me was that 10 guys from the DP World Tour will now earn PGA Tour cards. That means that the top 30 players on the Corn Ferry uh, will earn PGA Tour cards, and the top five guys in Q School will now earn PGA Tour cards. And this opens up a can of worms to me. So there's no there's no uh, Corn Ferry final, uh, which means that the Corn Ferry has lost 20 PGA Tour cards. So that can look, be looked at good or bad. I I think that it was a little bit unpopular sometimes with some corn fairy guys that, you know, say you finish 25th all year on the corn fairy tour, then you have some guy that finishes 20th in the finals uh, and they enter the PGA tour with the same status. Some people thought that that wasn't fair, but now we have a situation, guys, 
um, where say you finish 25th on uh, the Corn Ferry again, and you're going to enter the same with the same status, or are they going to enter with the same status as these five guys uh, that just get their PGA Tour cards off of Q School, T Dub? It it just seems like it had already been hard for almost everyone, guys, to figure out how the reshuffle. I mean, you, you ask the casual golf fan, how, what is a reshuffle? No one knows what the hell that means. No, no one has right. a clue. And <laughs> you know, we're getting to a point to where it's it's getting even more confusing for guys like us. And you know, luckily we're able to have some conversations with guys who have have been through that or going to go through that, so we get you know the the essentially what the actual details of the whole thing are. But I mean, I, I think you made a really good point there, Sam, that, that a lot of people aren't talking about is now the Corn Ferry Tour, they made a big deal. They went from 25 to 30 cards, but if they're eliminating the finals, that, that is 20 less cards that they're giving to the to the Corn Ferry guys. And, yes, I get that maybe they'll, they'll be able to get into the whatever the hell the fall series is going to end up going to be um, where they figured out that the 71 through 200 on the PGA Tour are going to get there. So, I, I, I mean, just off of what I'm hearing there, guys, it's, should, should this guy who finished 71st on the PGA Tour not get their card yet, but the guy who finished 30th on the Corn Ferry Tour should? I don't know. That seems a little weird to me because I feel like the Tour is such a – maybe not necessarily just that much better of a product, but if you play on the season-long PGA Tour and you finish 71st, I, I, I know that Colby brought up uh, Chesney Hadley was 125 and he only had one good finish. So I get that point. I, I don't know what it just seems like to me that – Kind of like you mentioned earlier, they're just trying to change so many things just to say they change, but I don't necessarily know if all of these things are going to be for the better. I think I think when we get right down to it, I, I'm sure there's going to be some stuff they're going to go, oh, no, why did we do that? Way back when, guys, I know this just before your time, Gary McCord was the guy. It used to be 60 exempt players on the PGA Tour. That's all there was. There were 60 guys that qualified to play the next year. Everybody else was back at tour school or something of the formula of it because there was no corn fairies. There was nothing like that. So Gary McCord said that's not enough people, and they moved it to 125, okay? 125 is a number that's been there for a lot of years now. And, and the bottom line is, is, is that too many? And if we go worldwide, 125 is not a big number at all. In fact, 150 is not a big number at all. If you include all the world tours and the best players off every one of those tours, 150 guys isn't very many. So what what we've seen out of this whole thing is a lot of knee-jerking going on and a lot of change just to change, okay? You said it perfectly right there, T-Dub. Okay, we're all – got to stop these live guys. How are we going to do this? Well – I don't know that they are, and we've talked about that. I'm not sure they can. I just know that a lot of these guys that are leaving the PGA Tour to go play live right now, obviously they were not happy with the PGA Tour. They have point blank been bashing them, most of these guys that have left, okay? So there's very much unrest that we as the local fans don't know what's going on. But there's a lot of guys disappointed with what the PGA Tour is. So we got a lot to see in the next few months. Guys, I've had some conversations with some PGA and Corn Ferry guys, and I think that the best idea that I have heard from these guys is that if you are a Corn Ferry Tour player and you play in a PGA Tour event or a major that you should get Corn Ferry points for that. And I think that that would solve the PGA Tour's problem as well uh, with certain things like the PGA Tour U. Do you guys agree with that? 
I agree. One, not even a hundred percent, a thousand percent, Sam. I, I think that because what you want to do is you want to reward the best. Essentially, at this point, the best thirty players who don't have a PJ Tour card, you want them to get that card. So you're at this point. The way it works is you're essentially penalized if you're on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like you said, if you play in a major or a PJ Tour event, which is absolutely ludicrous because that's the whole goal of what you're trying to do. So then you get into that point, and and yet you don't get any points for it. So I completely agree, Sam. I don't. I actually don't even understand why it's still like that. I, I feel like if they're able to make all these different changes and plan for the future, that they should have. They should change that tomorrow, and that should be the case uh, next year. So, and absolutely agree on that. There just needs to be a, a better way to orchestrate how how we reward these players for what they do. And like we mentioned all the time with the Corn Ferry guys, like with uh, or not Corn Ferry PJ for you guys. Uh, like Chris Goddard up playing in PJ Tour events, well, he's given up some of his uh, PJ Tour U starts to get on the Corn Ferry. So there has right. to be a better way to uh, to make this system work, guys. And, and Woody, just to me, it seems like it was already easier to stay on the PGA Tour and harder to get on the PGA Tour. And the 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 guys in this scenario that I think it's penalizing the most are the guys that are already on the PGA Tour, just got on the PGA Tour, but they're low in the reshuffle. And so, to me, they're not getting Corn Ferry points, and they're also not getting starts on the PGA Tour. That's one thing that the weaker fields might help a little bit, but the PGA Tour just dumped a, a ton of money that they just randomly found into these eight events. And so, you know, it's going to balance itself out. I don't, I don't really see any... Uh, you know, compensation there. So to me, it's just another instance of the PGA Tour saying we care about our top guys, but we don't really care about our, our lower level guys at all. <laughs> well, and we all know what moves the needle. I mean, the stars move the needle. We were making fun of how weak this John Deere field is. And, uh, you know, so we know, we understand. So if you know you have a product that is only watched by so many people so many times a year. Why guys should we keep trying to play golf year round? I don't, at times I'm thinking common sense is, is absolutely gone in the United States of America, whether it be in politics, in the golf tours. I mean, how can you, like, K-Dub, how can they play in a major, a major championship and nothing counts? towards where they're playing. I mean, that just, I, I'm just flabbergasted, gentlemen. I, as I listen and I watch, I, I, I seriously, I'm starting to doubt the United States of America and the population I'm in. I, I think everybody took a dumbass pill at some point. I don't know when, but they must have all taken it at the same time because nobody has any common sense or accountability on anything anymore. You're 100% right. It's like when a corn fairy guy plays in a major, it's like he's taking a week off. And so yeah. uh, it, it's pretty what? insane to me. Uh, T-Dub, let me ask you this. On the other front of this partnership, were you surprised at all uh, that Pelly ended up partnering with the PGA Tour and not live? You know, I would say that if the PGA Tour and DP World Tour hadn't had their partnership that they did back in 2020 or whenever it was, I don't think that, I don't think this would have worked out the way it did. I, I think that there's a lot of things that are already in place that allowed it to be to be so. And you know, one of the things I still haven't officially heard, and I want to know is, is that we we keep talking about Dustin Johnson applying for DC World Tour membership. I still haven't heard if that's official or not. If he's going to get that, and 
I think that that plays such a big part in this is is that the guys who are already on the PGA Tour who didn't have DP World Tour status, if they want to go play those events, are they going to allow them to play it? Obviously not the co-sanctioned events like the, uh, the Scottish Open uh, next week. So I think that that's a really big element to it. But I, I, like I said earlier, I think it's really great for the DP World Tour because they're, they're getting uh, purse increases. They got, I believe, two or three new title sponsors for tournaments um, going forward. And you know, I want to point out, guys, we keep talking about how, how the live field is going to be better than the John Deere. The Irish Open field this week is way better than the John Deere is. So the PJ Tour currently has the third best event going on this week. And it's not like the John Deere Classic was just one of these streamlined events that everyone played in. It, it's always been a bad field. It always has been. So I don't know. I, I'm, just tired of, I'm just tired of the Tour thinking that they're golf. You know, here, here's a quote from Jay Monahan that, that was uh, yesterday after the meeting. The game of golf is rallying. Well, guess what, Jay Monahan? The PGA Tour is not golf. Golf is bigger than the PGA Tour, and I'm absolutely tired of the Tour thinking that they are the only thing that makes the, the needle of golf move. It absolutely despises me, guys. It truly does. What do you, I, I have a question <laughs> about official world golf ranking, and to me, obviously, Keith Pelly and Jay Monahan are both on the board of the official world golf ranking. Now, Say the live gets 20 guys out of the top 50 here in the next couple of years. Does that just totally diminish the meaning of official world golf ranking? And will tournaments like, you know, the U.S. Open or, or you know, Augusta National look at official world golf ranking and say, we have to change our bylaws and let these guys play because we're not going to dilute our product. Do you think that that would happen? Or do you think that the PGA, I mean, the Augusta national would side with the uh, official world golf ranking and uh, the PGA tour? The thing that's crazy is I understand why the people are there involved. They get to pick these official world rankings, but you know what guys, it's kind of like, putting the, the fox in the hen house to watch the hen. <laughs> well, well, of course they're not going to vote for official golf rankings if right. they don't want Lib to be a part of it. Again, we go back to common sense here. What I mean, everybody just thinks we just fell into a hole and not paying attention to this. If you're going to, if you're going to stop this live tour and they're trying every trick in the book, uh, why don't we do it the right way by saying, okay, you know what, guys, we got to get something together where everybody's playing on the same front. All of us are together in this. T-Dub's right. Jay Monahan is so full of himself, it's stupid. Uh, I think anybody that's a commissioner, I think it's part of their MO. They got to be full of themselves. What they don't realize is they're the commissioner of that sport, and that's all they are. They're just dang lucky they got a job, in my opinion, okay? They're not the sport, but you, you can bust me if Adam Silverman, and especially the uh, NFL guy, good Lord. You know, they think they're the sport. So uh, if we can get through everything, I think that'll be the fall of the I really do because they won't be able to get world rankings. And these guys are going to have really nowhere else to play but to live. And that's, that's not going to keep them happy. I just don't think it's going to keep them happy, guys. I really don't. And go, well, and, go and, ahead, you know, real, quick, real quick here, Sam. I just something I, had, I hadn't really thought about until now, but I'm trying to put two and two together. You know, we're talking about the majors and if they'll change the, the criteria to get in for the world ranking points or whatever. And here's something I thought about that could be a really big fallout from this. 
let's say that let's say the U.S. Open and the Open Championship decide not to, not to change their criteria, right, for the world rankings. Well, you know what's going to happen for the guys that aren't qualified for for those opens? They're going to go to local and sectional qualifying to try to make it through that way, like Ricky Fowler, Davis Riley, and those guys try to do. So. I feel like if you have 48 to 50 guys, whatever it is, who, who could have been in the tournament that aren't, maybe a little less than that, from the live, if they try to go to, to the local and uh, sectional qualifying for, for both the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, that's going to loop from the great stories that we get now, the guys who, who make it in that are like the, the Keith Greens of the world and the, um, oh, Woody, what, what's the name of the uh, the 57-year-old from New York? You're going to eliminate stories like that if you make these players play, so... You know, a lot of people are talking about the majors. Well, two of the four majors are open. So if they're not going to let them in by their criteria, they're just going to try to qualify and knock some other people out. And, guys, exactly. let's go back to Q School for a second because I think it's interesting that they already upped it up this year. Uh, the Q School is now $6,500 to enter Q School. What do you guys think it's going to be when they give out five PGA Tour cards. It seems like a cash grab to me a little bit. Do you do you guys agree, Woody? Oh, totally. I mean, it's totally a cash grab. Hey, guys, we you realize it. We play golf, but think about every Monday, all the sections that put on four spots. So it's called four spots. Well, that's kind of a lot because they've turned in to be about one or two spots. And then you've got three, four, six, five hundred guys scattered over three or four golf courses. And that's how they try to get into a PGA event. You talk about a cash grab. Holy cow. Think about that. So, I mean, everything the PGA Tour does in the under the table kind of, and I call it the back room, the, we don't, people don't even understand how many guys out there are getting bent over. Paying sixty five hundred to go through a qualifying school, and you might get to play one week, right? One week. If if you don't make it through stage one, you're done, right? Oh, that's not. That's also not including the expense, the expenses of travel to the tournament. Yeah, no, just the entry no, fee. No, no, just the entry fee, and you get to play. That's an expensive seventy two holes, isn't it? <laughs> extremely, extremely a, expensive. That's, that's a dang, that's a high dollar event right there. So yeah, I mean, we're 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 beating up on them a little bit today, being the PGA Tour, but they got some flaws, and this live is bringing them out in front right now, and it, I think it's kind of funny because people are finally getting to see what the PGA Tour is. Guys, we did have some other live news, but before we do that, I do want to remind our people to go visit grooveitbrush.com and enter our promo code 73rd hole and get 10% off the best club cleaner ever made, grooveitbrush.com. Guys, before last show, I think maybe right before or just after uh, Matt Wolf became official on the live, I'm not sure that we talked about it on the last show. I've talked to a lot of people about it, so I can't remember. Um, but what are your guys' overall thoughts on uh, Matt Wolf going over to the live tour, uh, T Dub? You know, it's it's just not another name, right? I mean, what, what's sad about it, guys, is that if, if this had happened a year ago and Matt Wolf left, it would have been a lot bigger story. Unfortunately, right. has been playing as well as he'd like to, so it's kind of so a lot of people have been saying unrightfully so, you know, oh, well, if he, uh, was it Jason Sobel or whatever it was, oh, the tweet out, like, started. oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry, Tim, what was that? Uh, oh, I just said, don't get me started on that guy. He tweeted out, uh, Jason Sobel, obviously, he works for PGA Tour Radio. 
guys, and I'm trying to find it here, but yeah, here it is. So he said, I feel sad for Matthew Wolf. Great kid, really personable, tremendous talent, even if it hasn't shown recently. That's condescending. Wonder if he would have made the same decision if he were still a top 20 player in the world. Just hope he's not mortgaging the future for a big payday in the present. And I basically tweeted the exact same tweet. I said, I feel bad for Jason Sobel. Great kid, really personable, tremendous talent, even if it hasn't shown recently. Recently. Wonder if he would have made the same comment if he didn't work for PGA Tour Radio. You guys have to realize <laughs> how the media works. This guy is literally, his bottom dollar is going to be affected by the live, and so he is trying to change the narrative, and I'm tired of seeing it. Yeah, every player has their choice to do what they want, and apparently, as we've seen, as, as former PGA Tour player Woody is saying right here, if he was still on the PGA Tour, he would be disgusted with, with how things are going, so... We know that there's players out there who feel the same way. So don't ask me like that. A lot of times people are saying it's just a money gram. Yeah, maybe so. But we're also seeing what's what changed from this. I mean, the PGA Tour would not have made these changes if not for the lift league. So, I mean, well, yes, there, there are things that you can try to find and nitpick holes about. But at the same time, it's it, this is not the, – the, the PGA Tour and the media are making this such a bigger issue than it should be. Thanks. And, and there's your facts there. And, and with Matthew Wolf, okay – Matthew Wolf is a very interesting young man. If, if we were fortunate enough that he was around Oak Tree quite a bit, you know, when he first turned pro and he was first getting started and playing some exceptional golf, to say the least. But he is a very personal young man. He, he has struggled. And, and that's why we shouldn't be so quick like Jason Sobel to question him. Uh, he has struggled with the mentality of being out there. He is not. I, I, he's not one of those guys that's a hermit. He doesn't like to be in a closet by himself. You know what I mean? He likes to yep. be out there. So I think you might see a Matthew Wolf go crazy on this live tour because if, if he gets comfortable again and enjoys playing golf, for, for goodness sake, let's hope that that happens because from a mentality standpoint or mentally, I want him to have fun playing golf again. And if he needs to have to live to do it, good for him. That's the way I look at it. And maybe, just maybe, it'll keep that young man from getting into somewhere where we don't want to go, where there's a dark side to professional athletics. We all know what it is. And I really worry about him. I hope he goes to this live tour. I hope he dominates and I hope he has the time of his life. Good for him. And T-Dub, to me, it seems like the prudent decision, even if you aren't playing good golf or haven't been playing your best golf over the past year, why would you not take guaranteed money? It seems like the prudent decision to me. Well, it, it, you know, what's funny, what's funny, guys, is that, you know, everyone has said with this live deal, oh, it's just, it's just the old guys, right? It's just the guys who, who are past the end of their career. Well, guess what? You know, I look at some of the younger guys who went over there, and, and, and guess what? You know, Taylor Gooch, he had an injury while he was on the PJ Tour when he was working out in the Tour Van or whatever. You know, ruptured his uh, rotator cuff, whatever, something along those lines. Bryson DeChambeau, been noted to have the wrist injury. Okay, so you got that. You got Patrick Reed, who, who started to fall apart. He's still not that old. He's only, what, 32, 33 years old. And obviously, Matt Wolf doing what he deals with. So, no, it's not just guys who are old and at the end of their career. These are guys who have seen what can happen when your body, your mind, and your golf game aren't 100% where you need it to be in. It's a long, hard road out there, guys, and that's the case. It's, it's almost it, – you have to have so much mental strength and fortitude to be able to go through that. And if you don't have to deal with that, I, I don't see any reason not to. I completely agree, Sam. And 
you know, while we're, while we're on the, this track of, of the media and stuff, I want to make something abundantly clear that has been going around the last probably 24, 48 hours. Uh, started by old golf channel's very own Brandon Chambly. So he, he tweeted out, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago, that Schwartzel didn't win $4.7 million because it turns out the winnings went against his guarantee, which is never noted on air, proving once again it's a Saudi uh, regime with MBS heading the PIF fund are slow to or don't pay. Well, apparently it turns out that he was blatantly lying on that. Um, we have a, another tweet here followed up from Michael Collins, who's the uh, the reporter for um, for ESPN. So he goes, Randall Chambly is lying, uh, quotation shocker, quote from a live player, 1,000% not true. Our guarantee is totally apart from what we make on the court. And he posted a, um, a screenshot of a, a, a text that he was having with a live employee. So it, not only guys is the media trying to smear this guy, they're blatantly lying about the things and, that are going on. It makes me sick. And they made it clear again <laughs> at the live press conference yesterday. They just made it a point at the end of the press conference to say, hey, by the way, Brandon was completely lying about this whole situation, Woody. I, duh, yes. And, and hey, what usually happens, you know what, when, when you were a little kid, and, and back when you were thinking this hard, I can't remember, but you guys might still. You remember the first time you got caught lying? Boy, your head went down. <laughs> you kind of skinned the shit up. You, just, you thought, oh, man, I am busted. What scares the dog out of me is these guys don't flinch when they're caught lying. They just look at you and go, oh, okay, well, let's move on. What? You lying sack of garbage. <laughs> but why not lie? Why not just lie, 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 lie? One might stick. You know what? And that's what they think. So they just keep lying about everything they can. And there's enough people out there that we talked about earlier where I said everybody took a dumbass pill. Well, there's enough of them out there. There's people out there that think our economy's good right now, guys. That we're doing great. Because they keep getting lied to over and over. Hey, we're all right. We're all right. Go fill your car and tell you you're all right. Go to the grocery store and tell you you're all right. <laughs> Why wouldn't Brandel Champlain? Who's he work for, guys? You said it earlier. So, did Sam, yeah. you work for the company that's paying your check. You're going to do everything you can to bury the other. Everything and you can. You know what's sad about it, guys, is that, like, I, have we reported things wrong in the show before? Yes. But you know what we do when we find out? We come on the next show or whenever we have an opportunity to say, hey, guys, you know, we screwed up. We, 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 we said something. We missed. That, that we, we, we weren't right. We, we had misleading information, but we let people know that. Is Brandon Chambly going to send out some apology saying, I was wrong on this, or he's going to come on live from the next time and say, you know what, I had some wrong information. Um, I'm going to backtrack what I said. No, he just goes on and deletes the tweet. So I, it's not only the fact that people are lying, it's that they're not addressing their lives when they get busted, which is what he brought up. You know, do you remember the time you got caught lying? Well, no one nowadays gets caught lying because no one addresses it. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's just like you said, Woody. It's a crazy world we live in. It's almost like the uh, the, the hydron collider in CERN or whatever it was, and they were trying to crash atoms together, send us to a parallel universe. I've been talking about for a few years now because it's just ridiculous the stuff that we're dealing with. Well, you guys every day. You guys know who won't lie to you. That's Ring Family Dentistry. They are the best dentistry in Oklahoma City. Doctors Phil and Brennan Ring. I know them personally, and all decisions are made 
by the patient. Brennan was actually on, or I should say Dr. Brennan, uh, was actually on the bachelor trip that I was on. He played a little golf, had a pretty good swing. Uh, So, you know, go visit our friends at Ring Family Dentistry. They will get you taken care of. Same day, orthodontics, clear liner orthodontics. They do everything you could possibly need at Ring Family Dentistry. Guys, it is only the second live event, and it's only the first one in the United States of America. And guys, we already have a field on the live that is better than the PGA Tour. Now, granted, it is the John Deere Classic, but at the same time, let's not eat, let's take the John Deere Classic out of it. Let's talk about who is in and who is out compared to the first live event to the second. All right. You have Answer Chikara DeChambeau, uh, Inamori, I don't know who that is, but Kepka, Ortiz, Perez, Reed, and Wolf. And then you have guys that are out, such as, you know, Juan, Richie, Pooj, Ogletree, uh, Laura Thobble, Becker, Fisher, guys like that. And so basically they they put in what, eight big names compared to the first live event? It's just growing at a rapid pace, and I feel like we're the only ones talking about it, T dub. And that, that's really sad, too, because you know what's funny. Is, so I went through and did a little math here. I may be wrong on my number, but I don't think I am. So Webb Simpson is the highest-ranked player in the world at the John Deere Class. He's 58th in the official World Golf Rankings, which we talked about may not matter at a later date, but they at least matter now. So I went through and I just counted off the top of my head guys that I knew that were in the live. There are eight. Count, I counted eight players in the live that are ranked higher than the highest-ranked player in the John Deere. Eight. Not not one, not two. It's the old LeBron James. Not one, not two, not three. Eight, <laughs> eight players. It's absolutely mind-boggling. So, no one, if I hear anyone tell me that the John Deere tournament is going to be better than the Live Class, and you know what, maybe by Sunday afternoon it is that there's a, a six-way play on the John Deere and some no-name wins the Live by five shots or something like that, then maybe so. But going into the event, they're not, not even in the same stratosphere. Maybe not even the same galaxy when it comes to feel the, the Pumpkin Ridge Live event is so much better than the John Deere. It's funny with. Woody, real quick, can you tell me, before you answer T-Dub, can you tell me who the top three favorites are in the John Deere Classic this week? Oh, um, man. Um, so I'll go with Webb since he's the highest in the, in the field. Yep. Um, man, our boy Adam Hadwin, because I think I'm taking him in the one and done. Yep. So I looked into that. And then um, the analyst really like Charles Howell. Is that who it is? It's it's Figala and Charles Howell are tied for third. So you could tell me, but you're also a golf nerd. My point here is is that – we were not lied to when these guys said that they wanted to play against the best in the world. The best in the world are in Portland this week, not at the John Deere Classic, Woody. That, that is a fact. You, you just hit the nail right on the head. And when you would ask me, luckily Taylor answered the question. <laughs> I know. He jumped in I, there for you. <laughs> well, luckily I, I did research on this for hours. I wouldn't have a clue. And, and you know what? I've been fighting COVID. So <laughs> I, I, I – I, not only do I don't know, I don't even care. How about that? Okay, and because I am getting more and more frustrated with the PGA Tour every week. Okay, so if I'm this is Fourth of July weekend at my house, I've got fireworks lined up. I got family coming in. I won't even turn the TV on the PGA Tour. I will check the live to see which one of the newcomers might win. I could care less about the PGA Tour this week. It also won't take you very long to watch the live event. It's only going to be about four and a half hours each day. 
and bing, go. I love it. You know, uh, shotgun start, everybody's finishing. Wow. And, and, and we got some pretty cool names in there. I'm looking forward to seeing how Matthew Wolf plays. I really am. I hope this is a big turnaround for him. I'd love to see what Dean Chambeau's going to do, too. So if if that live tour, if those superstars they've got coming over, the Kepkas and all those guys we've been talking about, if they start to dominate on that tour and we have finishes, you know what, where there's four or five of those guys up there trying to beat each other's brains out for $4.5 million, uh, guess what? It, it's going to get a little more exciting, isn't it? A hundred percent. And we're talking about the best tournament. The best tournament on August 29th here in Oklahoma City will be the NALZ golf tournament put on by Tyler Marks. Um, and this tournament is a great, great cause that, you know, they're trying to end Alzheimer's um, on August 29th at Oak Tree Country Club. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. with breakfast and lunch should be a great time. And if you're interested in playing and getting some great prizes, please reach out to Tyler Marks at 405-205-0662. That's 405-205-0662. Guys, I'm curious, and Taylor, I'll ask you first. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the live press conference yesterday because, to me, I felt like they were getting asked some unfair questions. And all I hear in the media and on Twitter is that they were kind of being jerks about it. But at the same time... What are they supposed to say, right? I mean, what is Pat Perez and 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 Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed supposed to say to all these questions? And I love my favorite quote of the whole thing was they asked Brooks some long question about, you know, the politics of Saudi Arabia, and he looks at the lady and goes, I play golf. <laughs> right, Tito? <laughs> I, I, I love that answer. I truly do because I, uh, these guys – and that's one thing that's happened since really since social media started up, what 2008 really is kind of when it started kicking off is that, you know, everyone feels like that they have to get their message and their voice out there. So all of a sudden in the last 10 years, literally every person's turned into a politician and expert on political issues. And it's like, why do you expect other people to do that too? Just because you feel like you need to have uh, the moral high ground. And you know, one thing that I want people to, which, which is kind of funny because, you know, we talked about guys on the PJ term. We feel like that they, you know, like Golf Channel, they have stuff to say. Well, you know what, guys? The lifter guys have, have stuff that they need to, you know, make sure they keep their their stuff too. Because guess what? Every golfer is still an independent contractor. I mean, everyone says now they work for Live. I don't necessarily still think that's the case. So you've got to keep your own brand uh, right. So yeah, why would you answer these hard questions when you don't have to? And don't act to me like this. Guys on the PGA Tour weren't just assholes. Kepka's been an asshole in the media room ever since he got out there. So it's don't don't act like just because he went to live, all of a sudden he started acting different. That's not the case. It's not the case for any of these guys. So I don't know. It, it just seems like another another trick that they're trying to put on us to blind from the fact of we actually have a rival golf tour now that's creating a little bit of competition with EJ Tour, and they're literally pissing down their legs because they don't know what to do. And Woody Pat Perez on his decision to join the live said this. He said it's simple. I'm 46. I've been on the road since 1998. It's like winning the lottery for me. I couldn't be more excited. And I feel like you can relate to that because you played on the tour as well. Yeah, and and you know what? That's like a second chance in life, and it's guaranteed money, Sam. That's what's really cool about it is is, is they can apologize to as many different people as they want if they want to, but they don't. And the reason I don't, they don't have to. A lot of those guys have been busting their butts for a lot of years traveling, uh, which until somebody's been on the road 30, 32 weeks a year, 
that is a tough life. It's a very hard life. And so good for them that, that somebody came along and offered them this big amount of money. I think it's great. I, I, I love the presence and all these guys. I wish at some point the media would just let this die about politics and everything else. But let's see if this tour can stand on its own. Let's just see how good these guys play and let's, let's see what happens. How about that? Let's try that. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be fun. You know what else was fun was Pat Perez's shirt yesterday. It was just a bunch of $100 bills on his shirt, which was pretty ironic and pretty on par with Pat Perez <laughs> to kind of uh, push the needle a little bit with that shirt. Uh, and, and by the way, speaking of money, Woody, before we get to Pat Perez and more of this live press conference, tell us about our friends at Quail Creek Bank. Yeah, that family to me. You know how that goes. I, I've, I've got uh... – I've, I've been in touch with Mark Davenport, who is the CEO and the family owns the bank. Uh, he's excited about being on board our podcast, and uh, he loves golf. The, the bank is about family. If you were looking for a bank that wanted you to make you feel like you're part of the family, that's Quail Creek Bank. Uh, they're good people. They'll take care of all your banking needs. They're located right at Easy Access on 122nd and May Avenue. Um you're looking for a new bank or you just want to add a bank, call Quail Creek. They'll take really good care of you. T-Dub, did you have any other thoughts from the Live Press Conference? Because there was a lot other than just those two quotes from Kepka and Perez. There, there was a lot. I just, I, I think that you were just spot on, Sam, with, with what you said earlier, just about the guys, you know, getting these tough questions. And my question is, is that when are those going, when are those going to start slowing down and when are we actually going to get to a point of we're going to stop looking at because before the politics is a good way for the tour and everyone who didn't want a rival tour to come about to argue against it from coming. Well, I hate to break it to you, we're past that. It, 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 we, we've blown past it so far; it's not even funny. So, complaining about the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia, I'll say it again: if you're going to let the fact that they created a golf tour distract from what they're doing, you're an absolute idiot, and you, your opinion really doesn't matter to me whatsoever. So, I, I just I'm interested to see. Because it's only the second live event, right? So you would think that from the – because we had a lot of good things to say about the, the first one. We have some complaints, obviously. But you would think that within their second product, it would be even better than the first. So I'm very interested in that, and I'm in, just interested to see how the global landscape of the game kind of accepts it. Because it was so funny listening to, like, the Golf Channel talk about it because, like, they had to act like that they watched some of it to, to act like they weren't just being hypocrites, but they also had to act like they didn't watch much of it because they can't say that they watched five hours of it, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's interesting to see how people are reacting to it, and I'm just curious to see how much longer this goes because it's going to have to stop at some point. I just don't know where it is. And, guys, I've never seen, like, media as a whole be more off base on the fact that they don't think that fans will watch this because of the politics. And Brooks was even asked uh, about the horrific track record on human rights. Will that affect growing the game of golf? And he said, well, considering the fact that there's more golf on TV, I mean, yeah, it is going to grow the game, right? I mean, more people watching. And Pat Perez goes, we don't know. You go ask him. We haven't asked him. Go ask him. <laughs> so to me, I feel like people are going to watch the live, whether they have a bad track record in politics politics or not. I, I think that they're way off base on the fact that they think the fans won't watch this team. Uh, they're absolutely right. And here, here's, here's, or I'll tell you, you're absolutely right there. They're absolutely wrong. Um, so let, let's just, let's just, let's just put some numbers here and figure it out. Right. Okay. So the John Deere field is not very good. We'll, we'll get into the strength of field after the break, whenever that comes. So uh, it's, 
are you so people aren't going to watch the John Deere Classic maybe as much as even a couple of years past? So let's say that. Are there going to be more people watch to live than there would be to not watch the John Deere? So that means that there are more eyes watching the game of golf. A lot more, a lot more, because you're going to have people like me who watch both tournaments at some point. You know, I'm playing a, a tournament this weekend, so I only watch when I can. But yeah, I'll watch a little bit of the John Deere just to see what just see what's about. I'm damn sure uh, going to watch to live, especially I'm um, on the final round because I just love to see who's going to get the four million dollars. That's pretty entertaining to me. So. I, I, I'm I absolutely agree with everything that's being said um, from us, Sam. Because yeah, there's going to be plenty of people that that watch this live event. Anyone who doesn't think that it's just I, I don't know. People just seem to live in a fantasy world and they believe whatever they want to believe when it's absolutely not true. Yeah, and guy, I mean to that point right there, T Dove. I was listening to a different podcast, uh, you know, of, of kind of casual golf fans, we'll say. Uh, and they said that they're more likely to watch the live just because it's free on YouTube, Woody. And I'm, I know that, you know, for an older generation, it might be tougher. But for the younger generation, it's much, much easier to watch on YouTube to me. Oh, isn't that the truth? And, and I think that's a great statement you just made, Sam. I wish we could go out and ask the general public. I, I You know, I, I wish we had call-in on, on your Sunday shows on our podcast on Sundays with WWLF. Because uh, I'd like to hear what other people are thinking out there. I really would. I mean, sometimes I think us three are really kind of off on an island where we're really depending this live, and I'm not sure everybody else is, but I think they are. I really do. I'd like to know what the general public really does think about what's going on. No doubt. I feel like we're on an island as far as media goes, but I feel like we're kind of the voice of most of the public that I've heard, um, especially the well, casual we're the golf voice fans. of the players, too, Sam. That's yeah, what oh, I feel well, like. Is that- 100%. I mean, that's obvious, but I'm just talking about the fans, yeah. right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think that, like, I, I've met a few golf fans who, who are really against uh, the live. You know, my dad's one of them who, who just kind of – but I think that a lot of times, the people who are really against it are just the people who, who are content with the way that golf has been. And, you know, like, for example, we mentioned the players. It's like I've not met one tour player who wants to play year-round golf. They, they, they don't want to do it. They want to have a shorter schedule. So guess what that does? If you have less tour events, it's going to make it to where watching golf isn't, isn't as good. So I think people just want to keep golf the way that it's been. Well, guess what? Things evolve, things change, and – like I said, I, I don't know any players who either have PGA Tour, Corn Ferry, Mini Tour status. I don't know anyone who's, like, celebrating the tour and saying they're doing a good job. Besides Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, who have already gotten tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, um, especially for Rory with his deal with Nike. So, I, I, absolutely, guys. I mean, it's just – it's absolutely crazy because, like, what you, like you guys are saying, I feel like we're on this island, but I don't necessarily know why we are. Hey, and one more thing on Rory. I, I did talk to a PGA Tour player, and this is the dead truth. I won't say his name. But he said that Rory and all of this looks just as bad because it makes him look soft and like he is the PGA Tour's puppet. Looks Makes him look just as bad as the live guys that are going over there and, and talking for live, Woody. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective. Well, when you got you got Rory is 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 really been the Pied Piper for the PGA Tour. Well, isn't that iconic in a way, or ironic in a way? This is a European player, okay? Now they say, well, he plays in the PGA Tour, but no, he's from Northern Ireland. He's a European player. He's the one is the Pied Piper for the PGA Tour. 
hello, maybe Justin Thomas, maybe you ought to step up a little bit, JT. If you're going to die with them, go for it, dude. You go ahead and be the spokesperson. So I find that just almost, uh, you know, hysterical, if you really want to know the truth. This is just typical of what this thing is becoming. It's a joke. Well, guys, I think that's a perfect place to end that because we could talk live versus PGA Tour for hours. I say it every show, but we do have to cut it off because we do have picks coming after the break, and we will give all of our DraftKings pick for John Deere and our picks for the live as well coming up here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And guys, we do have the first live event in the United States. It's in Portland at Pumpkin Ridge. And we have some new teams for this event. There was no draft. They just set the teams for this event. If you remember, for example, our guy Taylor Gooch was the captain of Team Torque. He is not the captain of Team Torque anymore. He has made the biggest move uh, to the super team of this Live Golf Portland Invitational. And it is the four aces, guys. I, I think that they have to be the favorite with Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch, and Pat Perez, T-Dub. We can go through some of these teams, but that was the big news to me. I mean, that, that team absolutely loaded. I mean, it, that, they have to be the favorites on paper. They have to. I mean, looking at some of these other teams, guys, I mean, you obviously have the South African team with Louis Schwartzel, Brandon Grace, and um, Henny Duplice. Please say however you pronounce it, the guy who finished uh, second um, in London. So, I mean, that team is, is one to look out for. It's hard, it's hard to win back-to-back as individuals, so it's going to be hard for me to say that team will win back-to-back as well. And the Fireballs, which is essentially the, the Spanish uh, armada with uh, Sergio, uh, the two Mexicans, uh, with Abe Anser and Carlos Ortiz, and, and then Takara, who, who I'm very interested to see, guys, because, you know, he's been kind of getting a little bit little bit ripped for, for his decision, especially because he came back, said he was going to withdraw from PGHRU and come back to school, and all of a sudden he's left. So I'm really interested to see how Takara does, guys, because it, it, he seems like the type of guy who, if he's motivated, he could come out and win by – he could even come out and win this thing or finish top five because uh, that's how talented he is. But, you know, kind of like we saw with what happened at the U.S. Open where a lot of the live guys really didn't play very well, I think a lot of the outside pressure had to do with that. So, you know, if he has to deal with that, he may not play as well. But I think that's an interesting team. But, but Woody, absolutely the four aces have to be the favorite. 
Boy, you sure you sure would say. I think so. Man, they look that that, that almost looks like it's not fair to the rest <laughs> of them. So, I mean, that's why I'm not going to pick them because I'm already behind the eight ball with you idiots already. I, I knew we better get this piece of it, but but I'm I, I'm not going to go with it. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going there. You know who I'm going to go with, guys? And I don't. I, we haven't picked yet, but I'm going to tell you, who I'm going to go with anyway. You better get them in the I'm snake going, draft. What is he taking the first pick for himself? Yeah, what? I'm just taking the team pick. I'm taking the team pick. Okay, and and I want the I want the the fireball. I I, I just I think they you know what I like that team. I'm going with them. All right, that's, we'll that's, get that's, we'll we'll give you the fireballs first since you finished last last time. So we'll let you go first on well, the that's team pick. Fair. But it is, that it is, is it is one hundred percent fair. By the way, before we get to those picks, uh, I do want to mention that Phil Mickelson on the High Flyers is now paired with uh, Matthew Wolf and Bern Viesberger in a name I literally cannot pronounce. T Dub. No, th- th- there's literally no way to pronounce this name. I don't. Could you imagine being a starter at this tournament and having to say some of these names? <laughs> I mean, talk about a job in itself. There, so yeah, I- I'm definitely interested because you know we kind of brought it up before the break. Um, Matt Wolf, man, he's he's a streaky kind of player. Even before he had all this stuff going on, he was very streaky. He'd go out and he'd do sixty three or fourth hardest off courses in, in the country. So it wouldn't stop me one bit if he comes out and especially in the first round, opens with a really low score. Really be able to keep it together four to three rounds that that's to see it. But but yeah, because uh Weisberger's a hell of a player himself. So and but like I said, we know absolutely nothing about who the fourth guy is. If someone, if one of our listeners can give us an attempt at how to pronounce it, if you can send us a video um, we'll pronouncing that gratified. name, we'll give you something. We'll give you some 73rd hole gear or something. Uh, the other big team uh, that I thought was kind of cool is the Kepka brothers are on the same team on Smash uh, Golf Club, and they are paired with uh, Adrian Ortegui and uh, Richard Bland. Uh, so the Kepka brothers are on team smash by the way uh t-dub i need nick heinen to give me some high flyers gear uh before these teams start getting sponsorships and everything i think that that's where some other big money could come from well i you know that's something i didn't even think about Dan. that's a really good point because uh, we, we've talked about the different elements that adding you know team golf does it because i mean just think about it. we just spent 10 minutes or whatever talking about the teams and that's been pretty fun i mean getting to see who these guys are paired with going against the other guys after that but that's such a great point you just made about selling merchandise because, like, right now, the PGA Tour, you know, they, they can't they, – like, you don't have jerseys of players to sell, right? So, right. But you, you can get you can get apparel and hats and stuff like this, mate. So, I think that's absolutely a, a brilliant business idea, Sam. If they haven't already thought of that, they need to send you some royalty checks or something, man. That's, that's thought on. I guarantee you they've thought of it, but I think they're going more towards, like, what F1 does, like Team Red Bull and Team Mercedes and stuff like that. I don't know if uh, Bryson DeChambeau's Team Crushers uh, with Peter Uline is going to last too long, <laughs> Woody. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, you never know. I mean, Team Crusher, that sounds like a pretty good name. I, I, <laughs> no, it's I like a great name. I'm just saying that the well, sponsors are coming. Uh, you think there's going to be some new sponsors coming? Yeah, I, I think that once the once the, the backlash you know, starts to window down, yeah, there'll be a few sponsors that jump in on this. Because finally, once they see all these, oh, especially this week, right, when it's, oh, hey, do you want to get eight players ranked higher than the Webb Simpson? If you want to cover that tournament, on probably a better golf course, too. Let's not even talk about that. That Pumpkin Ridge is probably a lot better than PPC Deer Run is. So, I mean, we're, it's literally everything's adding up to the web being a better tournament. So, I, 
I don't know what exactly you want to see. Other than that, but yes, I do believe that there will be some sponsors uh, down the road. How many and what value that is is the ultimate question. Woody, have you ever played Pumpkin Ridge? I have one time. Good golf course. Good golf course. I tell you what, you know, Portland used to be one of my favorite cities to go to, but I, I you know what, if I was available to play in the live event, I might not go just because it's in Portland. I mean, you talk about a nightmare place. Gee, many Christmas. That place is just, might as well just flush it. Okay? So, um, it, it's kind of sad from that standpoint because Pumpkin Ridge is a good golf course. Really good golf course. So, I think if you haven't played it or haven't seen it, uh, you're going to enjoy that this weekend, guys. You really are. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good test. All right. And then the last team that I did want to mention uh, of any – you know, notoriety would be the Majestics with Westwood, Poulter, Horsefield, and Lori Cantor now uh, rounds out the Majestics. So let's go ahead and get to these picks, guys. Uh, Woody already picked the Fireballs for his first team pick. Uh, and who won the team out of me and UT Dub last time? Um, I think I think you did, Sam, because I think I had um, I think I had DJ in the individual pool. That's how I got. That's my right. Pick. That's right. So you That's go right. ahead and pick your team. Well, I think I'd be an absolute idiot, and I'd take the four aces. I mean, I don't want to be chalk, but, you know, it's kind of like a Jabari Smith in the NBA draft. He goes, uh, you know, falls at once, and you think you take him at two, and you're like, no, nah, we'll take Holmgren instead. I'm not going to give you that benefit there, Sam. I'm going with the four aces. All right, that means that I will go with Stinger again. I'll go with the defending champs with Oosthuizen, Schwartzel, Grace, and Duplessis. Uh, and so, Woody, oh. Woody, who are you going with individually in uh, Portland? Uh-oh. See now, there's your there's the there's the question this week, and I'm gonna go a little bit. I'm gonna stay with my fireballs. I'm gonna go with Abe Answer. I think he's gonna come right out of the box and winning four million. All right, so I'm going second here. Give me, give me Patrick Reed this week, guys. Ooh, I actually like that pick, Sam. I really do. I, you I know, I'm trying that. to find some different layers to this, right? So who are who are guys who build off of the team atmosphere? So you knit the nail on the head there with Reed. You know, who, who plays good in, in kind of bigger money events? And, you know, who's obviously been, been playing well recently? So, you know, I'm going to go with – I want to go with, with Dustin Johnson because he is the favorite. But I'm going to go one spot lower, the second favorite of the tournament. I think he has. I think he's going to break through this week, get him to $4 million or at least be up there top five. That's our boy Tigu. I think he has a really good week uh, this week. I expect him to, uh, to play a little bit better than he did – um, at the first live event and at the U.S. Open, just because, you know, with all this outside stuff going on, you know, because he was kind of one of the guys who, like, obviously because we had had him on the podcast, we'd heard what he had to say, so it wasn't a complete shock to us. But his, his departure is kind of a shock to a lot of people. So I think that now he's been able to kind of get over that with everything going on. I think he's going to get back settled in. I think Pumpkin Ridge really suits his game good, a uh, good iron uh, iron play golf course. So give me a little bit of heat boost this week. I like that, and if you were a uh, betting man uh, on the live, then uh, Dustin Johnson is the favorite at plus 650, then Louis Oosthuizen at plus 900, Brooks Kepka at plus 1,000, Answer at 1,100, Taylor Gooch uh, and Bryson DeChambeau are at 1,200, Sergio at 1,400, uh, tied with Patrick Reed, Kevin Na, and Pat Perez. Uh, that rounds out the favorites for the betting odds at Live. So, guys, I need a strength of field at the John Deere. Oh God, it's so bad. It's 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 utterly ridiculous, guys. It, it truly is. So, whichever one of y'all wants to go first, go ahead. 
And, and before we do this, T-Dub, for anyone, if they're kind of new listening, give us like a baseline for like a normal PGA Tour event. Okay, yeah. So generally the, the majors, like for example, the U.S. Open um, was a strength of field of 830. So that's, you get the really good field. I'll just read off some of the more recent. So like the Travelers last week, strength of field of 405. RBC uh, the week before the U.S. Open was a 256. I'm just kind of scrolling down like the Mexico Open. We had, ri- we had ripped on its strength of field. It was a whopping 150. Um, the uh, the Punta Cana opposite field event was a strength of field of 26. So, you know, kind of throwing out a few different numbers there to kind of get a roundabout on what the strength of field possibly could be. But it, I was shocked with how low it was. All right. <laughs> give me give me 52. Wow. I even asked, remember I asked T.W. when we started, I said, what's the lowest he can be? And he said a one, I think. So I'm going to go 35. Yeah, you, know, you guys are not far off. The strength of field this week of the John Deere Classic is a whopping 54. Wow, 54. almost nailed it. So, and, and just to, I want to put it into perspective here. I went back a year because literally the lowest strength of field I'd ever seen on a PJ Tour event that wasn't opposite field was the Bermuda Championship last year. That was the tournament, guys, where we, we didn't even fill out the we, – we went through everyone on the priority list, and we couldn't even get a full field. That's how bad it was. That was this tournament. That had a strength of field of 67, 13 points higher than we have this week at the John Deere. We had a tournament we couldn't even get a full field for that had 13 higher than this week. And, and just for just for perspective here, I want, want to let everyone know that the Irish Open, strength of field of 126. So you've got Shane Lowry, uh, Terrell Hatton, Thomas Peters, Seamus Power, Lucas Herbert, and Ryan Fox. That's six players on that tournament alone that are ranked higher than Webb Simpson, who's the highest in the John Deere. So – it's absolutely despicable to me, and I'm tired of hearing how great the BJ Tour is when we get dog shit tournaments like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, T-Dub. How do you really feel? <laughs> T-Dub, do you want to go ahead and uh, start off DraftKings for us? Might as well. I mean, you want to talk about a, a freaking task, man. I don't know if I've ever had a harder job in my entire life than trying to fill out a DraftKings lineup for this terrible tournament. So, going to go with bottom of the barrel, 6,000. And, and this actually worked well because I want to shout out this guy. He's a super great guy. I met him last week. A guy by the name of Preston Stanley. I think we're going to get to know this name a little bit down the road. I met him last week. Mutual friend of ours, uh, Cody Burrows. We met after the APT event. Super nice guy. Uh, talked about how he's a big fan of the podcast. We talked a lot about that. How he's got some corn fairy status but hasn't been able to get in a lot of events. He actually Monday qualified for this event. Guy shot a 65 in the qualifier to get in. So I, I think he's going to keep riding the momentum. And even one of the crazier things last week, guys, he made the cut at the APT event, and he had a he had some sort of cut or something like that on one of his fingers. He's, he's an interlock gripper his whole life. He played one or two rounds of the tournament with an overlap grip, something different, and still made the cut at the tournament. So that's pretty crazy stuff there. And for me to get a guy at 6,000, I think will make the cut, and a super nice guy like that, I'm going to ride with it, Sam. All right, that means I will go with Chad Ramey, uh, a guy that is in the running for Rookie of the Year, one earlier this year. He is at 7,000 on DraftKings, two top 10s, 11 of 23 made cuts. Not great, but, you know, no one's great in this tournament, T-Dub. Go ahead. No, no one's great at all. So that's why I'm going to go up to 7,300. Um, give me Chris Goddard. I mean, if there was any tournament that, that you would think that a, uh, you know, up-and-coming guy just out of college could potentially win a tour event and get his uh, status for the next few years. I, I think this is it. This is a perfect opportunity for Gardner. He's made um, his last two cuts um, last week of the Travelers, who I believe finished 30th or some 35th, somewhere along those lines. So give me a little bit of Gardner up 7,300 because he's just going to keep going up in value as time goes along. 
And then I don't know if we have the button, Sam. I don't know if we do. We don't have but it. But 7600, I'm going with our boy Doug Kim. <laughs> do we have the button? I don't have it. I'll, I'll plug it in after the show. How about this? Uh, so. that, that'll work. Now, I, we, we've had our sound. We've had one soundboard break, and then we had another one, and we had buttons changed. So definitely forgiven there. But our boy Doug Kim, 7600, the analytics, analytics really like him this week. So I'm going to ride with him a little bit. I really do not like to see the Longhorns play well. But if I'm going to pick him, I might as well let it ride. So give me a little bit of Doug. And then we're going to find our best friend, Doug. And then we're going to give him a best friend hug. Doug, Doug, oh, Doug, 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 Doug. All right, so I am going from, let's see, I went from 7,000 to 7,200. I'm going Zach Johnson, T-Dub, and... Really, for no other reason than it's the John Deere Classic. <laughs> I mean, it, you are talking about a horse for a course now. He, he really likes like this place, along with uh, Steve Stricker, who I actually had in my lineup, and then he decided to withdraw last minute, so I wasn't able to throw him in there. So my next two picks, Sam, got to go with a guy who I just absolutely try to pick every week, and it seems like the last couple of times I, I've tried to ride him, and he's let me down. But I'm going to jump on it again. Give me Steve Bezel, 9,100. I think this is the week to where he's going to be able to figure some stuff out. And, I mean, if he can't make the cut and play well in this event, I, I don't know what he's going to do. So, give me a little bit of Steve Bezel. I'm going to ride that. And then going to go up to 9,300. You know, mentioned him earlier as one of the favorites. I think he's a really good steal on the analytics. That's Charles Tyler Thurst. Um, talk about a guy who I would just love to see in another tournament. I mean, 43 years old now. Had one of the more underrated careers we've ever seen on the PGA Tour. And he just absolutely loves this place, guys. I believe I, – I don't want to get my stat here wrong. But out of – since 2009, every time he's played this tournament, guys, he's only missed a cut one time. And he has been playing pretty well as well. Finished 35th at the Travelers and uh, top 20 at Memorial. So really expect Charles Cowell to have a good week this week. Tita, by the way, I, I just realized you're ripping off two at a time, and I was only ripping off one. Uh, so I'll, I'll go through these real quick for you. I love your Chris Goddard pick. I'm going him at 7,300. Uh, you know, three made cuts in his three PGA Tour starts. And then I am going up to 8,400. Give me Cam Davis, three top tens, 12 of 19 made cuts. I think he's too low at 8,400 this week. And then, just like you mentioned, Charles Howell is Data Golf's favorite this week at 9,300 on DraftKings. That is great value, probably the best value you will get on DraftKings this week. Uh, that is a horse for a course. Um, and then at 10,400, the guy that finished seventh in the U.S. Open, five top tens and 16 out of 20 made cuts. Give me the Canadian Adam Hadwin at 10,400, T-Dub. Absolutely love the Adam Hadwin take. I'll get on to more of him when we get to, to our one and done. But my most expensive uh, pick, Sam, I'm going to go with Webb Simpson. He's the most expensive on DraftKings this week. Um, had a good week um, last week at the Travelers, finished 13th. Uh, missed the Cup U.S. Open, but before that, finished 27th at Colonial and uh, top 20 at Southern Hills as well. So, really expect him to play well. Hasn't played here since 2010, um, but 2009 2010, he both made the cut here, and he's probably a little bit better player than he was early on in his career. So, um, yeah, definitely give me a little bit of web sense as the most expensive. And then that leads me to one and done. T-Dub, I was gone last week, and I forgot to put a pick in for one and done last week. Oh, no. Did you forget on the site, too? Yeah, I didn't put in anything last week on the site. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, ho well who are you going to use if you could have used? 
I, I didn't. I never even looked at it. <laughs> I was gone on Wednesday, so I don't know. I probably, I probably would have picked. Uh, I don't know, like a, you would have picked Joplin. Yeah, Keegan Bradley or something like that. Uh, well, I had Keegan. He didn't do work. This, he didn't do work this year. So okay. don't worry about that. Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. It might have been a blessing in disguise. Use them for a later event for a win. A hundred percent. But this week I am going with Adam Hadwin for all the reasons I just gave. I think he might be the best overall player in this event. And like I said, five top 10, 16 of 20 made cuts. That's, I mean, that's just better than everyone else is in this golf tournament, T-Dub. Well, we, we talked earlier, Sam, about the horses for courses. The real main two that stick out are, are Zach Johnson and, and Stricker. But the only reason that, that Adam Hamlin's not really in that list is because he hasn't played here as much as those guys. He's, play, he's only played here twice, 2015 and 2016, and he finished 18th and 8th in those two years, gaining more strokes than almost anyone besides those two that I mentioned earlier. And you already mentioned the seventh place of the U.S. Open, Sam, but he's, he made three cuts before that. And then even even going back to before the um, before the Masters, he had had uh, three straight top tens in a row, so – it seemed like he had a little bit going wrong there in the middle stretch, but it's got figured out again, especially at a tough test that, that the U.S. Open was. So, absolutely love that handling this week, Sam. I do not have a winner this year in the one-and-done, so hopefully we can totally break that trim because if we don't break it soon, Sam, might as well go ahead and send them out of money because we got too big of a road to catch up on. I just looked at the standings, and I didn't pick last week, and I'm still only a couple places behind Colby, so that's good. It, I don't care if I even finish in the money. I just want to beat Colby. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, that's no, all we, I'm worried we can't, about. We can't have Colby finish in top out of us. There, 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 we just can't do that. We can't, we can't let it happen, Sam. Even if I have to find some way to cheat to get above him, we're going to make sure that he doesn't beat A hundred percent. Woody, have you ever played TPC Deer Run? That one I did not play, Sam. I, they, they did not have it when I was uh, playing the John Deere. It was uh, actually way back when when we played something called Quad City. So um, I've never seen it, never been on it. I've gotcha. seen it, you know, through watching the golf tournament. But other than that, it looks like a heck of a golf course, though. It really does, which is kind of sad that the field's so weak every year because uh, pretty good-looking golf course. Do you guys think the field's just weak because of – you know, where it falls in the schedule, where it is in the country. Why do you think that most guys skip this week? I, I think it's a combination of all that, Sam. I, I think really big thing is that seems like the Scottish Open is going to have a hell of a hell of a field next week. That's going to be a really good strength of field um, to look into. Obviously, we know the live guys um, won't be there. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit little bit of all that because you look at TPC Deer Run as well, really, really beneficial to the guys that can hit it straight off the tee box. One of the more favorable for the straight hitters of any place out there. That's why Stricker and uh, Zach Johnson have done so well here. So a lot of times, guys, those courses like that, a lot of players don't like courses like that. Um, and traditionally, this this event has been the week before the uh, the Open Championship, or I guess the British Open now, because we're going to start calling the U.S. Open the Open. So a lot of people wouldn't play because of that. Or the only people who would play are the guys who weren't exempt into, into the Open. So then they would try to get in. So I definitely think it's a place on the schedule. But at the same time, I don't feel like if you move this event to May or to, uh, you know, April, somewhere between the Masters and the, and the PGA, or even before that, I don't think the strength of field is going to be a whole hell of a lot better. Guys, I want to end the show on an interesting question that I saw on Twitter. Who is your favorite for Rookie of the Year? And just let me read off some stats real quick. You have Cameron Young, Davis Riley, Sahit Thigala, uh, Mito Pereira, and Chad Ramey. So let's start off with Cameron Young. 
And his best finish is a tie for second, five top tens, 13 made cuts, and 19 starts. Davis Riley, best finish is second, six top tens, Cuts made 17 and 24 starts. The Gala, uh, best finish tied for second. Five top tens, 20 cuts made and 25 starts. Mito Pereira, best finish is third, obviously. Uh, three top tens, 16 made cuts and 23 starts. And Chad Ramey does have the win, but he only has two top tens, 10 made cuts and 23 starts. Uh, Woody, I'll start with you. Who would be your favorite for rookie of the year so far? It's a heck of a race. I mean, I I like that Davis Riley. I like his game. Uh, I think he's doing everything but winning, and I think he's going to win before the year's over. That's my pick. I would agree with that. I, I think I think that it's uh, like what he just mentioned. It's going to come down to what happens his last uh, last few events. I think, in particularly the uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs, I think will have a lot unless one of these guys goes out and uh, wins the, the uh, British Open or something like that. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'll probably go go with Cameron Young, just because out of out of everyone you just mentioned, the only person to win an event was Chad Ramey as an opposite field event. So I'm going to go look off the guys who have played better in some of the bigger events. So you look at look at Cameron Young. He finished third at Southern Hills. He finished second at, at the Genesis at Riviera. Uh, you know, just two pristine golf courses. Finished second at the Wells Fargo and third at, at Harbor Town. So. I think that until one of those guys gets a win, if the Gala was able to win this last week over Shoffley, and I know Cantley fell apart, but he was still there, um, that would have maybe propelled him to get higher than that. Or obviously, if Pereira was able to win the PGA or even just get in that playoff, I, I think would have would have taken a little bit from. But at this point, guys, I'll go. I'm going gonna, gonna to give it to Cameron. Yeah, to me, it's kind of crazy, but I would throw Chad Ramey out, even though he won that opposite field event. I don't think he has enough top tens. The two top tens compared to like. Uh, Cameron Young's five or Davis Riley's six, I would still favor them. And then Thigal is interesting um, because he hasn't played as well as Riley or Young in the big events, but, you know, he has had two chances to win and does have more cuts made. So it's going to be really interesting to watch down the stretch. I'd probably favor my guy Davis Riley coming down the stretch, T-Dub. And, and you know, it's, it's exactly that. Because right now you look at the FedEx Cup standing. So Cameron Young's currently 18th, Davis Riley's 22nd, uh, Mito Prayer's 29th, Seagala's uh, 39, or 37th, I'm sorry, and then Chad Ramey, who we just talked about down at 60th. So pretty big difference between that and Ramey. But those four guys, Sam, that we just talked about are all right there. And like I said, if one of them plays really well at, at the Open, or let's just say one of them wins a FedEx, a FedEx Cup event, I think that's going to change the whole way that we look at this whole deal. But you know, just reading off the, the FedEx rankings, like I said right there, it's, it's a really tight race, and it's going to come down – um, to the wire. I mean, I think last year, Zala Torres almost had rookie of the year pretty much sewn up for quite a while. So, you know, I had to go back and do a little bit of digging, but this is one of the more um, interesting rookie of the year um, races that I can remember. Guys, that was a great show. We will be back sometime next week. I'm not exactly sure because obviously 4th of July is going on. And by the way, last year, one of our most popular shows was the 4th of July show. If you haven't listened to that one, you go back and laugh at that one. Uh, We'll have some interesting 4th of July stories for you sometime next week. But guys, great show. Thank you and enjoy the golf this week. You too. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the darn deer, the third best tournament in the world. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. This was the 73rd hole, the official podcast of golf, Oklahoma.